Because they did not reject you. Don't be upset, Shmuel is not about you. They did not reject you. Who did they reject? They reject me, Hashem is saying. They're rejecting me, to be the one that is uh, governing or how you say, ruling, ruling. ruling over them. Wow, that's an amazing question. That's an amazing question. That was a question. Repeat it. Excellent, excellent. Like what would be the problem here that they are against Shmuel? That's not the problem. The, it actually, is even heavier. Yeah. It's not something personal with you, Shmuel. It's about me. They are rejecting me. Why are they rejecting Hashem? Mi meloch alem, from ruling over them. Remember this sentence. This sentence is very, very important. We're going to try to wrap at the end of the class everything around this sentence. I'm going to continue, and I want to hear more questions. Bela, you're allowed to participate. You had some questions before. Uh, who studied the book of Shmuel before? You studied. OK, so you should have. You know the questions of Chachamim have. You know what's coming now. But let, let's continue. Now, Hashem, when he speaks with, Moshe, with uh, Shmuel, now in Pasuchet, is, is uh, a little bit uh, explaining what does it mean, Kiotima asumi they rejected me from governing, from ruling over them. This is exactly as all their behaviors, as, as all their actions that they did. From the moment I brought them up from Egypt, and they abandoned me, and they went after other gods. Exactly like that they are doing to you now. So let's, let's try to, to figure out what is Hashem telling Shmuel. Shmuel is telling Hashem, this is not about you, this is not personal. If we look at this in a negative way, this is an offense against Hashem. And Hashem is comparing it to what? To all the times that Bnei Israel were kind of giving a slap in the face of Hashem. Like, Hashem is giving, Hashem is caring for us, Hashem is uh, really our guidance. We just came from a war, you remember last week we spoke about it, against the Plishtim, without doing nothing. Hashem Hashem made them hear these uh, amazing uh, voices and noises, and then they ran away. So this has been the behavior of Am Israel. Instead of understanding that our bracha, our success, our uh, leadership, everything was coming from Hashem, and this is what is good for us, we have been permanently looking for different ways to have or to succeed in life. Yes? Like just drawing the analogy between like a father and child relationship, like maybe Hashem is saying, don't be, ang- like, don't be angry, they're rejecting me, like it's better for them to reject me, because like a father can always forgive his children. Like, yeah, your teenage kid is going to act out sometimes, but don't take it personal. Like, I've been there, I know them. Like, they're just figuring things out. You know, maybe that's the message Hashem is trying to give. Yes, but why would that be so important that Shmuel takes it personal? We're not speaking about Shmuel here. Shmuel is not the center of attention. Like, I, I was, I, you, you're right in what you're saying. Hashem is telling Shmuel, 
if it's something against me, it's something that I, I manage with my children. But the, the, here, what we're going to analyze now, and I want you to help me, at the end of the day, is it good to have a king or is it not good to have a king? And if it's so bad, as if it's, as Hashem is saying, this is bad, this is the way to reject me, this is the way of the lack of emunah, this what they have been doing all the time, we would expect from Hashem to say what? No, this is not good. I don't want you to have a king. I want you to continue on the same leadership that I have. Okay, so before we analyze more, first of all, let's understand some, some things. We know that the leadership until now was shoftim, right? Judges. And the, the, the job of the judge was always to do what? What, you, what did the judge do until now? Save us from the enemies, guide us a little bit, connecting us with the, with the word of Hashem. What is the reason that Amisel are asking so strongly for a king? Because it seems that the, the, one of the, of the reasons behind this request is their absolute uh, desperation or, or need to have a figure that will really save us from our enemies, that will fight our wars. So uh, you are going to see both sides today to having a king, the positive side and the negative side. What is the main question that appears here? In regards to the Torah. It could be, yes, could be. They're continuing, and this was more for the end of my class, but you're right. They're kind of, what they did with their own Elohim, that they wanted their own to be the one to fight our wars, they want the king to do that. They're kind of believing we need an entity or something to fight for us. It's very difficult for them to stay in the abstract mode of Hashem is going to save us. Now, what is the big question about the king? I want you to say, what is the big question? Why there is a problem to think that asking a king is something negative? Why? Because we have a mitzvah in the Torah, in the book of Devarim. Let me see if I have the, the source here. Uh, yes. Devarim Perekut Zain 17. 14:15. What is Hashem telling us? When you have come to the land which the Lord your God gives you and shall possess it and shall dwell in it and shall say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are about me, then you may appoint a king over you whom the Lord your God shall choose. One from among you, among your brethren, shall you set as king over you. You may not set a stranger over you who is not your brother. So we see in the book of Devarim, there is a mitzvah to anoint a king, to have a king. Does it say you, like, you can have a king? It's not saying you have to have a king, right? Wow. It's if you may, right? <laughs> okay, so of course that our hachamim are uh, discussing here. We have different opinions. In the Gemara, we find that there is a machloket in Masechet, uh, uh, where is the Masechet here? I want to read for you. Ta, 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 ta. Okay, biblical commentators, it's not the, the, the Gemara. Rabbi Yehuda said in Masechet Senadrim, three commandments were given to Israel when they entered the land. What are the three commandments according to this Pasuk? 
to appoint a king to cut off the seed of Amalek. When we enter Israel, we have that mitzvah. And to build themselves, what we have to build when we come to Israel? What we have to build? Beta Mikdash. That's also a mitzvah upon Israel when they come to the land. Rabbi Nehorai said, this section was spoken only in anticipation of their future murmurings when they asked for the king. That's why the Torah is saying, ah, when you ask for a king, okay, you can have it. Like following the idea that we, Chachamim tell us, on the path that a person wants to go, they will facilitate for him. He wants to do good. Let's say you want to do, you want to act doing a lot of chesed and you want to make time in your schedule, busy schedule, but I want to go and visit six and I want to do this. They will help you from Shammai. When a person has an intention to be busy or to engage in certain behaviors, they're going to help us for good or unfortunately for bad. I don't know if they help us so much for bad, but they open the way. You want to choose? Okay, go. Tfadalu, they say in Arabic. This is your choice. Go for it. Now, in the Chachamim, in the biblical commentators, we also have a similar disagreement. Ramban Nachmanides understands that this is a mitzvah. The, the most, the strongest one on saying that this is a mitzvah is Harambam, Maimonides. When he enumerates the mitzvot, he brings the mitzvah of, of uh, uh, anointing a king as a mitzvah. But Abarbanel, no. Abarbanel explains that this is merely an option in the sense that the Torah merely spoke in response to the evil inclination. Okay, I'm not going to be very technical because I'm going to lose you, I, I, because you don't have the text in front of you, but you have to know that we have uh, opinions in our commentators. Some will say to anoint a king is a mitzvah. Others will say it's optional, and that optionality, according to what we saw with the um, Rabbi Yehuda and Abarbanel, has to do with what they said. The way, the, with the, when in the future they ask for the king, okay, they can have a king. But then the Torah is coming with some guidelines, how the king should be. What, are, what is Mishpat Amelech? What is the, the alachot that Amelech has to follow? Now, for you to understand why a king can be something good, look what the Torah is telling. First of all, en Amelech, it could be that now is bad because they still didn't conquer the land. You can choose a king, but only after Yerushava Yeshiva, after you conquer the land and you are sitting there. You can have a king, Chachamim Telas, only after they ask for it. Don't just say, let's, put, let's, let's anoint a king. Once the people ask for the king, okay, now it's the time to make a, to put a, a, a king. What are the mitzvot of the, of the king? susim. What does it mean? What is susim? He shouldn't have too many horses. Why? 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 What's the problem with horses? They get greedy. Uh, actually, horses is because... They will bring you back to Egypt, right? Yes, because you have the means to go back. They sell them there. They sell. What's the place where they sell? Exactly, yes. You shouldn't have too many women. Why? 
כי הם יטו את, את לבבו, they are going to change his heart, as it happened with whom? שלמה המלך, terrible. You know, I remember one class that I had in the Michlala, it was very shocking, it was Rabbi Mali, he was showing us the chapter where Shlomo Melech, after building the Bet HaMikdash, the tefillah that he makes, he is high, 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 high there. The spiritual level, the, the kirbat elokim, the, the way he fell towards Hashem. And then we mm-hmm. read another mm-hmm. chapter after he married so many, many, many women, and then he ended up building a house of Avodah Zarah for one of them. How could this, is this the same person? This is what many women did to him. They, you know, as we saw even with... One even one sense. can do that. As we saw with Benot Moab, as happens with Shimshon and Dalila, we know how a woman can change a person's heart. And what is the last, the last one that Ika has to do? And silver and, and gold also, you shouldn't have too much. This is for what you say. Okay. So he doesn't become greedy and he doesn't become arrogant. So... Even when the Torah allows us a king, that king is very limited. It has to continue uh, the, the way of the Torah. Who is going to guide the king? Who is going to guide him? The Navi. And what, is, what does he have to have next to him all the time? Sefer Torah, next to his heart. Because, okay, you have a king, but the Torah is very clear in putting all these, all these uh, walls for the king not to abuse the enormous power that he's going to get. That's the, that's the fear of having a king. He's going to have so much power on his hands, that what is he going to do? Now, what is Hashem telling Shmuel to tell Bnei Israel now that they're asking for the king, what is Hashem telling Shmuel to do? Uh, here, Pasuk 9, Now listen to them. But I want you... To tell them, ve'igadata lahem, mishpat ha'melech asher yimloch alehem. How is going to be the mishpat ha'melech? What? How do you translate mishpat ha'melech? The hmm? we have it here. It's the protocol. The protocol. Yes. What does it mean to have a king? You want a king? Now, very interesting. Pay attention to this. Why they want a king? What? What? What excuse they tell Shmuel? But why they say that we want a king now? Why? What happened? What are the circumstances? Because of your children. You are old. You cannot do it for us anymore. You cannot save us and, and, and guide us in the wars. And we need help. And your children did not follow on your path. So your children are not going to be able to be our judges, our guide. Now, what is the main quality that exists in, in Melucha, in monarchy? Uh, every king who is his successor. Son. Son. So imagine if Shmuel was the king, his children, corrupt or not corrupt, would be the next ones. As we see that happened all the time with, the, with certain kings. We saw terrible things we learn about our Melachim, our king. So let's continue. Yes. Right, right. That's a, why Shmuel cannot have other judges. Why is it either Shmuel, his sons, or a king? Why? Why? That's what they want. Oh, 
Because that's what they want. They want a king. They could have asked in a different way. What could they have asked? They could have said, Shmuel, you know what? You keep guiding us or choose somebody that will guide us in the ways of Hashem. They could have asked in many different ways, but they, they are not. They are stubborn, stubbornly asking for a king. We want that type of leadership. That's it. We're done with judges. We're done with a temporary uh, leadership. We want something that is more stable. So, Shmuel is going to tell what Hashem told him to all the people. So Shmuel tells him, okay, you know how it's going to be? This will be the practice of the king who will rule over you. He will take your sons and appoint them as his charioteers and horsemen, and they will serve as outrunners for his chariots. What does it mean? The king, once you appoint a king, you are giving him a level of power that allows him to do whatever he wants with your children. He can decide, okay, this one, I want him to work for me. I want you to run on my chariot. I want you to do this. We've seen that. We saw how Shaul asked from David Amelech to come to play the music for him. And, and whatever the king asks, people have to do. Some of him say, even with salaries, not like slaves, but you don't have a choice. You cannot say, oh, no, no, I'm very happy in my store. I'm so happy with my business. No, let me, let me stay with my family. No, 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 no. Whatever the king wants from you and your children, you have to do. What else besides of taking your children? Pasuk uh, 12. He will appoint them as his chiefs of thousands and of fifties, or they will have to plow his fields, reap his harvest, and make his weapons and the equipment for his chariots. You will take your daughters as perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He has so much power that he can decide what jobs are your daughters going to do. And he will seize your choice fields, vineyards and olive groves, and give them to his Purchase. So he, can, he can take your land and say, I'm sorry, I need this for the palace. From now on, this is property of the palace. So this is how is trying to discourage them? Totally. Hashem is telling Shmuel. Shmuel, by the way, is acting by Hashem's word. He will take a tenth part of your grain and then touch and give it to his eunuchs and courtiers. He has to pay the people that work in the palace for him, so from where is he going to take the, the grain? Taxes, exactly. You will have to pay very high taxes to maintain this uh, monarchy. By the way, this is one of the big questions and, and questions that divide the British people. If they want the monarchy or they don't. Because it's very expensive to maintain all that luxurious life that uh, even that this, what's her name, Megan tried to speak with opera and, and, and show it like uh, she poor girl didn't get anything. Uh, at the end of the day, the, the people are paying with taxes. And some people still want it because they like it. They like having this model of the palace of high class people living among them. Very interesting to, to see what, are, what is the psychological reasons be, besides that, behind it. 
עכשיו פסוק 16, ואת עבדכם ואת שפחותיכם ואת בחוריכם הטובים ואת חמוריכם ייקח ועשה למלאכתו. He will take your male and female slaves, your choice young men and your asses and put them to work for them, for him. שונאיכם יעשור ואתם תהיו לו לעבדים. He will take a tenth part of your flocks and you shall become his slaves. His slaves means literally that you have to do whatever he tells you, that you have to pay the taxes that he puts you. I don't know who studied it. Uh, about Shlomo and his son, how the, the kingdom is divided between Rehavam and Yerobam. Rem anybody remember what happens there? What happened? The son of Shlomo was imposing very high load of tax, and the people rebelled and said, we cannot anymore. So he was Rehavam, I forgot already, it was Rehavam. So he goes and he asks he, he ask advice. So the, the, the elders, Tell him, listen, if you want to gain the heart of the people, uh, bring down the taxes, listen to them. You are just beginning, it's going to be for you. And then the young people say, no, show your power. They are complaining for 10, give them 20. And he listens to the young uh, men, and he ends up in a calamity. At the end, they rebel against him, and that's how we have Piluga Mamlacha. Bezat Hashem, we will get there someday if we continue studying Tanakh. So for now, Shmuel is telling Ben Israel, listen, you are asking for a king, it's very attractive to you. Perhaps you see in the wars of the other nations, you see the king all dressed with his crown and his beautiful horse, and it sounds so beautiful, and you, you see so much honor, but for you, it's not gonna be all that luxury, all that honor. For you, it's gonna be actually a very, very heavy burden a very expensive burden. And then what will you do? The day will come when you cry out because of the king whom you yourselves have chosen and the Lord will not answer you on that day. There will be a day that you are going to cry for the uh, oppression that you are feeling from your king. So what happens? Pasuk Yutet, now Bnei Israel going to say, okay, okay, yes, you're right. You're right, don't give us a king. It's too difficult for us. No. How do they react? Vayma'anu ha'am lishmoa bekol shemuel vayomeru lo. Lo. Ki im melech ye alen. We don't care. You know, when a child, you tell him, don't, don't, don't eat candies or don't go there. It's not good for you. And you give them all the reason. No, I want to do that. Like stubbornness. They say, no, we must have a king over us. And they continue and they repeat. What is the reason? Look at Pasuk 20. Ve'ainu gam anachnu kechol ha'goim u'shfatanu malkenu v'yetzeh lefanenu how many reasons they have here. We want to have a king to be like the other nations. We want him to rule over us and fight our battles. So there's different reasons why they want a king. They like the system, they want to be like the rest, and they also want him especially to uh, fight the wars. Vaishma Shmuel et kol divrei am 
Shmuel heard all of that people said, he reported it to the Lord. Hashem Shmuel, Hashem told Shmuel, and the Lord said to Shmuel, heed their demands and appoint a king for them. Shmuel then said to the men of Israel, all of you go home. Okay? So, first of all, we have to remember something. Having a king for Am Israel, that idea was not born here. When was the first time that we hear about having kings? Hmm? No, that's, that's Pharaoh himself, but for us, that we're going to have kings coming from us. When Hashem blesses Abraham Avinu, he tells him, Kings are going to come from you, which means that it's a bracha, it's not something, something bad. I want to give you another uh, here. Yaakov also. Hashem is telling Yaakov, a nation and a company of nations shall be of you, and kings shall come out of your loins. The two sources that I just read is Bereshit 17.6, Bereshit 35.11. Now, do you remember when in the book of Shoftim there was very bad behaviors? It was Pesel Micha, Pilegesh Bagiva, Am Israel were very, very, in very low morality. What is the Pasuk telling us there? It says there that uh, we did not have a king. And Melech Israel, in those days, there was no king in Israel. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. But in the book of Shoftim, they want to tell us all this low morality, all these behaviors, has to do a lot with the fact that on those days, Am Israel still did not have a king. And therefore, everyone did whatever they wanted to do. So we find also <laughs> in Divrei Amin, then Shlomo sat on the throne of the Lord as king instead of David, his father. We, we find that kingdom was something that could be actually very good for Am Israel. Again, Abraham Avinu was blessed to have kings under, uh, on his descendants. Yaakov Avinu was blessed. We find in Shoftim that it's not, uh, the situation is bad because they don't have king. From all this, we learn that having a king is something positive. Why we see in Shmuel such a negative reaction? Why is Shmuel reacting so bad? So try to, to, to give me reasons. The, the reaction, Shmuel's reaction is a little bit complex. It's not only one reason. It's not only because of Hashem. Personally, what is painful for Shmuel? Well, wouldn't he lose his status? No, he doesn't lose his status. He's old. He's, let's say he's about to be done. He will still do a lot. He's going to be the one to anoint Shaul Amelech and David Amelech. He still will continue. He, Actually, Hashem is telling us from the beginning that the king is going to walk with the Navi. That's the position of a Navi. The Navi is there to guide the king. That is what Shmuel is going to end up doing. But personally, what is very painful for Shmuel? His sons. His sons. So, of course, that Shmuel is here in this Ramah, in this level. But still, he wanted to appoint his children. 
it's a very natural human uh, tendency. Like if I have certain things that I achieved in my life, certain position, I want to pass it on to my children. That's continuity. Yes. It's amazing to me that Hannah's prayers were so powerful to create a shmuel. Oh, yeah. But like, why couldn't that zuchut trickle down to the grandkids? That shows us that we don't have it. We don't have the, the booklet with the, all the tips to get everything you want in life. <laughs> if you pray, you're going to get it. If you do this, you no. If you don't behave, it's going to be... It, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's not the case, and it's painful. I, I didn't find that Chazal criticized Shmuel as much as they criticized Eli. We didn't find that in the, in the Mepharshim so much. A modern Mepharshim rabbi uh, from Gush from Etzion, what was his name? Not Madan, was another rabbi? No. It was Rabbi Abnon Bazak is saying, you know, actually, if we compare Shmuel to Moshe Rabenu, in the Psukim, we don't see Moshe Rabenu complaining to Hashem. I want my children to guide Am Israel. He says, I want you, Hashem, to please find a successor. I want you to take care of my people. But who is saying that, Shmuel, that Moshe has some pain? The Midrash. I don't know if you studied when the... What parasha was that with not Tzlovchad? With the daughter of Tzlovchad, when they are asking to have an inheritance in the land as their father, so the Midrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu suddenly said, oh, so also my children should be uh, following and success, successing, you say? Successing me. But the Midrash says, not the Psukim. Which Mola Navi, we see clearly that he is sad, that he is upset because Maybe he's upset. He put his children as Shoftim al-Israel. That's what he did. And he says here, and they did not go on his way. And he doesn't say that Shmuel stopped them and say, okay, you cannot continue being Shoftim. No. So definitely Shmuel cares mainly for the leadership, for Am Israel. But something personal perhaps is also involved there. And I'm sure not all the Mefarshim will agree on this. You wanted to say something? You told me. Um, and you mentioned Yair. But can you explain for everyone? Yes, sorry. Um, in Melachim, we remember a lot of the kings, and one of the best kings that Israel has ever had was Hizkiyahu. He brought them to Hochuvah, and then his son was actually Menashe, who was one of the worst kings who brought them to Hochuvah. Hashag Amur was very. Who brought them to complete like failure and, and whatever. Um, and like he was his son, and I got really frustrated by this. I'm like, I don't know, this whole thing called like the rabbi's daughter syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> like, the rabbi's kids like go OTD. Um, and it was just like, it was just like really like frustrating to hear this and be like, like how, how can this happen? Like whatever. And then my mom told me that Andrew Carlo read about the three crowns that we have in Judaism. Sarah, Kehuna, and Malchut. Um, yeah, so Kehuna and Malchut, which may be a reason why Ali was actually blamed and not Shmuel, because Kehuna is something hereditary. Like that has to go from father to son. Um, Malchut goes from father to son. Torah doesn't. Torah is something that you all have to acquire on your own. Um, which is just interesting. Also, I'm not thinking that like Shmuel's sons were probably more like a king than he was since they were actually fixated and there and they demanded more of whatever. So maybe that's another reason why he was more upset because they they embodied more of what the nature actually wanted, but they were still complaining. Yeah, fair. Could be. 
depending on which opinion we follow. Depending, there is one opinion that says they didn't sin. They just were not like Shmuel, and then I would take what you're saying. But there is an opinion that says that no, they were corrupt. They took shohat. Oh, some Mepharshim say what they used to do is actually what the children of Eli used to do also. They say people would come and they would say, okay, give us, give us and our part. And they, even uh, they deserve that part. They shouldn't come and ask for it. Like but you have when you are, but they don't have a part if they're not kohanim. But they, they acted like like kohanim also. They, they they were Shmuel and Avi actually of, offers korbanot sometimes. Uh, uh. They acted like it, or even their payment. Even if they deserve to be paid, it's not. You have to be so careful when you represent an institution that represents Hashem. The way you you are presenting yourself in front in front of people. You need to be so transparent and so against, against you know, uh, getting um, advantage from your position because people are going to talk. And if you cost Chilul Hashem, that's the worst thing that you can do. Didn't you say that Shmuel never got payment? He never accepted payment? Exactly. So Shmuel never got anything. We're going to see later on, I think in chapter 12 it is, when Shmuel gives a very strong, famous speech in front of Am Israel saying about himself, I never, never enjoyed anything from you. So, again, there is two opinions. One opinion is that Am Israel were so used to Shmuel's absolute selfless leadership. He never cared about himself. He never took any payment. He himself would go to people. He didn't even charge for the driving. He would go with his own car. No, he would walk, of course. He didn't, have, he didn't care where to sleep as, as long as he was serving Am Israel. It was uh, how um, Israel, uh, Hashem compares Shmuel to Moshe and Aaron. Shmuel bechoana. No, I, I forgot the pasuk. But Shmuel is compared to Moshe and Aaron together. Moshe and Aaron bechoana, and Shmuel bekor eshemo. That's the pasuk. Yes, it's like he was such a, a great uh, model of leadership that is absolutely selfless. So according to this, Am Israel didn't want his children because they got so used to have somebody like Shmuel. But the funny thing I was thinking to myself when I'm reading Mishpat HaMelech, Shmuel is telling them, ah, you miss my leadership? You don't want my children because they charge? You know what it's going to be to have a king? So perhaps that's why Mishpat HaMelech is brought here. It's absolutely the opposite of who I was. You are going to have to pay and pay very well with taxes, with your services, with your lands, with your bo children, with your girls, everything. The king is going to rule over you. You become their servants. We know that uh, it's very interesting to read in Dibrei Amim the amount of work and taxes that Shlomo Amelech took from Am Israel for a good cause, yes? It was to build the Bet Migdash. I don't remember. I'm remembering that I studied it. I, I have to read it again. But uh, I think it was in the thousands of people that had to go and carry the, the wood for the trees from the Vietnamese from Lebanon. And, and uh, you, you, you studied lately about that? No. So you're agreeing. Thank you. Remember <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay, so uh, what is bad about having a melech? Again, I just, with this, I want to summarize and to finish, finish the class. King, we saw. Chachamim are dividing themselves. Is this a mitzvah or if this is optional? If it's a mitzvah, uh, there is an opinion that Eila was reminding it to me that perhaps what it was wrong is the timing. That first you need to conquer the land, you need to sit in the land, and then it's time for you to 
name the Melech, to appoint the king. Not you, the king is not there to, for you to conquer the land. Perhaps, perhaps Hashem's idea of us conquering the land was, was, was more in a miraculous way. Hashem fighting our wars as he did with Yeshua and, and, and you know, Yericho and all of this. Sometimes Hashem doesn't want us to have so much structure and so much help because he wants us to see his hand. I don't know, I'm just thinking about an idea now. Yeah, yeah. Like they're saying, because we want to be like other nations. Yes, That's definitely. The, definitely. Reason, yeah. Definitely. The fact that they want to be like other nations. And so well, I was speaking about why it could be good. Right, sorry. And, but it could be why it's bad. Because, first of all, according to certain opinions, it's only reshoot when they ask for it. And the way they're asking for it was wrong. They didn't have the right reason. They, were, they wanted to be like other nations. They, at some point that Vicky mentioned here, they're trying to have a king for the king to be what they wanted at the beginning their own to be. The king to, to fight our wars. They kind of disconnect a little bit from, from Hashem. I was listening to one show of Rabbi Sherlock from Israel, from uh, Ranan, I think, as he was saying, in the same way, if we compare, it says, it says something so interesting. It says, whenever a Jew used to be in the ghetto in Europe or in Lithuania or wherever, and there would be persecutions and they would come after him, what would he do? What would he do? What did a Jew do every time he was at distress? Live. Live or pray, open the Tehillim, open the Tehillim and read my Tehillim. What do Jewish people do today if they send us rockets from Gaza? We fight, we have Kippat Barzel, we take care of ourselves. He was saying something in a very natural way, like explaining it more to our, to our understanding, like having a king can be okay, can be good, but it's definitely a big challenge. It, it minimizes our chances to have an emunat mimayin Hashem. That connection with Hashem, that dependence in Hashem is going to be minimized. That's why the king needs so much protection and we am Israel need so much understanding that the king is going to follow Hashem's word. He's going to be going by the Navi. So that's how he was, he was explaining why the king could be bad. Just to summarize, at this point where we're standing, Shmuel and Navi tried to warn the people, this is not good for you, you're going to pay a very high price, but they still say we want it. And Hashem, Moshmuel tells Hashem's, uh, the people's words to Hashem, and Hashem says, okay, so let's give it to them. So we will continue with Ezra Hashem next week on the next chapter. Any questions? Okay, thank you.